0: Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their life by design. In these episodes, he relates his expert financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, I hear you've got some big news today. I do. I do. I I don't know if some of our listeners
2: have uh, uh, heard this or not, but uh, we we had a new report come out from the government here recently, and surprise, surprise, Social Security is still running out of money.
1: It's like. 10 years running 20 years running i
2: i know this is this has been the the longest period of time where we have ever kicked a can down the road yeah and uh i i'm sure nothing will change this year so i thought we would just take some time go back over social security and talk a little bit about i've got a Gotten a few different questions here recently on you know w- w- what happens you know can we still rely on Social Security is it still part of the financial planning process so uh, I thought it would be good to kind of touch up base on that and uh, spend spend
1: a little time going back over the program that is Social Security okay so I remember the last time we spoke about this I think you had a couple dates that you had kind of, you had woven into the conversation like there were some dates that were. Hey, when this year hits, that's when we Congress has better have some decisions that have been made or, or something's going to have to be revamped or whatever. Is that part of this report? Are there still some hard and fast dates that we need to be aware of? Yeah. And the, the real date that we're looking
2: at is there's a social security trust fund that is the money that's set aside for Social security benefits down the road. Mm -hmm. And the date that, that is always in the headlines is when does that money run out? And what happens when there is no more money? Uh, and there is no more principal in that social security trust fund. Mm-hmm.
1: So do, do we know that date?
2: <laughs> yes, yes. So the, the interesting thing here is we, we just went through a pandemic. And so how big of an effect did that have on social security? So right now we did see the estimated eg- exhaustion date uh, which had been 2035, so, you know, 14 years mm-hmm. from now, dropped a year to 2034. Oh, geez. So, okay. basically, that trust fund, the projection is, is that will be drained by 2034. Hmm. Yeah, so that's that's no bueno. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, not... and I can kind of tell in your voice, you're, you sound a little
1: bummed out about this. Well, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a whole 13 years away. Who cares? (laughs) I'm kidding. That's totally kidding. Uh, I think everybody cares, right? And I know that there's a huge issue because everybody's talking about how many baby boomers are retiring per day. I know that um, COVID, and I'd heard probably a flippant remark from somebody that because of COVID, because of there there has been a large loss of life, and a lot of those people are in the stage of gathering Social Security that they didn't know if it would actually be affected by the COVID timeline. Um, But, obviously it has Um, we a lot of people are out of the workforce which you know that's a lot of money that's not going into Social Security so all of it contributes to it and that's and and none of it's really good so is there anything in the report that is positive Royal (laughs) anything at this point well the positive thing is is Medicare is slightly better
2: uh, than Social Security so that that's a positive that that has a little bit more funding uh, time built in there so That is a good thing, but really I just wanted to kind of take today and uh, just chat about, you know, what Social Security is, what it isn't, and uh, kind of what the best guess is on what's going to happen should Congress not be able to come together and come up with a viable solution in the next 13 years, which, you know, if, if we're taking odds in Vegas, um, you know, is probably going to be a, a pretty high uh, high uh, number there. You know, if you're going to throw down some money, Congress coming together to fix something, probably unlikely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> from what we've seen this this last few years, that's the one thing I'm not betting on for sure. So, it, all right. And I, I know that you you talk to clients all the time. I'm sure that Social Security is an integral part of their overall plan but not something that they're necessarily basing their retirement on, I would I would hope, right? I mean, that's the message I've gotten from you ever since beginning to work with you with this podcast is that Social Security shouldn't be your only option for sure. Um, let's make sure that you have a, a, a better view of what the future holds. So where do we start with this? Yeah, so let's just start at the beginning when
2: you um, got your first job, you got your paycheck, and you, you, you thought you were going to get a whole lot more money than <laughs> what, what, that, what was actually in your paycheck. Yep. So the way social security is funded is through payroll deductions. Basically when you get paid through a W2 job, or if you're self-employed, this is self-employment tax. Social security is taking a portion of that. It's about 6.2% for, uh, the employee. And then the employer puts in 6.2% as well and kind of matches that together. That's what's going into that social security trust fund to fund future distributions. Now there is some income limits there where basically you're no longer paying into social security. So in 2021, the, Social Security uh, uh, tax, taxable wage base, which is basically where you stop paying into Social Security comes in at $142,800 per individual taxpayer. So if you're making above that $142,000 number, you're no longer paying into the Social Security system because at that point there's no additional benefits that can be accrued for,
1: for Social Security. So you're only paying... You're, I mean, you're still paying, but you're paying on that amount. Anything above that, you're not paying, correct? Correct. Correct. So, okay. so that's
2: what we kind of have to keep in mind there as we're, we're planning for that. So the the big thing there is... is is. You know, people often wonder, well, how do they calculate what your benefit is going to be? You'll get your Social Security Statement. Oftentimes now they're no longer sending out a hard copy version of the Social Security Statement. Oftentimes you have to go to SSA.gov and set up an account and you can download an updated Social Security Statement. And we really recommend people do that from time to time. Number one, just to have a better awareness of what benefits they may be entitled to down the road. But also, if you look at that third page of the report, it lists what you made in all the preceding years from your income. Mm-hmm. And that, that number is important because sometimes, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, the govern- government makes a mistake. Oh, And really? they might not give you credit for a year or for the proper amount in a year to calculate your Social Security benefit. Hmm. So every couple of years, you probably just want to go back, look at that, and kind of compare that number with your W-2 or what
1: what you're you're reporting on your taxes for earned income for that year. Got it. Yeah, and a a side note on that, when you go to the site, make sure that you have all the documentation you could possibly have of different accounts that you've had throughout the years. Because I've gone to the site and they ask you some pretty tough questions like, what credit card company did you know what bank back to the credit card you had when you were 23 years old in, mm-hmm. in a different state that you lived in. And so you kind of got to know what you you've had in the past because they are trying to verify your identity. Once you're past that you're good, but it, it's a little tough to get it, it is it is uh,
2: so yeah you definitely want to um, do this after you've had that first cup of coffee in the morning you're fully awake <laughs> yes, and aware yeah. and uh, you know you can you can kind of remember what your mortgage payment was on the house that you you first bought mm-hmm. 20 years ago yes exactly, <laughs> or, or, exactly. or who who, who the, uh, the, the uh, uh, bank was who yeah. you financed your first car through I've, I've had those questions there they can be a lot of fun. They can yeah. be a lot of fun to try to figure out. There, you know, oftentimes, especially with married couples, it's it's good to have the spouse near because mm-hmm. they can they can help answer some of those questions.
1: Often, I think you're talking right to my wife on that one. <laughs> she, 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 make sure your wife's next to you, Eric because you're not going to remember these things. The nice thing is they are multiple choice, so they are. Yes, yeah, we can yes. take, take so. a guess at it. <laughs>
2: But yeah, so so going on there, getting your statement is something we recommend for everybody to make sure it's accurate and also just be aware of the benefits that you're going to be able to receive. Now, Social Security, you have to pay into Social Security for 40 quarters or, as they say, at 10 years, basically. So if you work continuously for 10 years, you've qualified for a retirement benefit from Social Security. You can also qualify uh, for a benefit through your spouse's work as well. So if, if you're married for a period of time, you are eligible to pull Social Security off of your spouse's or your ex spouse's social security benefit. Mm -hmm. So in general, if you're, you're married for at least two years, you can pull your soul, your spouse's social security benefit and uh, pull up to 50% of that. If you are an ex spouse and were married at least 10 years, then you are also eligible to pull from your ex spouse's social
1: security. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of rules. I know that you've done a podcast on this before where you really dove in deep, so any listener should go back and listen to that. But I mean, there's a lot of little things that people just don't know and they don't even know to ask those questions. So I'm glad you're bringing these back up. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something where
2: you're probably only going to really think about claiming Social Security once or twice in your life. Mm-hmm. And then you're you, you once you make the decision with Social Security, you're kind of locked in. There's, there's not a lot of uh, room for making changes once you do put in that, uh, those claim forms. So the big thing with social security is, is we want to integrate that with your financial plan. We want to make sure that social security is a P of the plan. And we want to make sure that you are getting the most out of it over the long run, not just the highest, uh, dollar amount or the earliest dollar amount mm-hmm. with social security. You have the option of claiming it as early as age 60 for most people. Um, they're going to, who are born after 1960, their full retirement age is 67 full retirement age is simply the date that the government says is when you should work to. And if you claim earlier than that, earlier than full retirement age, there is some income restrictions on how much you can earn from working. If you are still working in, in a business, uh, or at a, um, or, or, or self-employed.
1: Got it. Yeah. And now Looking at the possibility of it being adjusted, right uh, when when that twenty thirty four date comes, if it is adjusted, isn't it best for everybody to plan to to wait as long as possible, Royal, so that so they can get more out of Social Security? Oftentimes, yes, there there is an
2: argument to wait as long as possible. You know, sixty seven for anybody born after nineteen sixty is full retirement age. But if you continue deferring, you can actually defer Social Security up to age 70. And uh, if you are of that um, age uh, 67 cohort, you will get an increased benefit each year you defer Social Security past age 67. So really, if if you defer Social Security until age 70, you're actually getting about 24% more income from Social Security because you did defer that. That's huge. Now, wow. the the real thing is, is, is the, the math for this is really easy to figure out of when you should claim Social Security. All you have to do is give me the month and the year that you're gonna die. Oh, okay. And then we can figure it out. It's very simple
1: from that standpoint. <laughs> I was so excited. So if you want to do it. that right now, <laughs> yeah. we can we can just we can pencil this out. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited because I'm like, hey, he's going to ask me. I'm in that 67-year-old group. You know, I was born after 1960, so I got this. Now mm-hmm. you want something totally different. <laughs> right, right. Got it. All so, right, yeah.
2: Hmm. So oftentimes that, that will come into some of the, those decisions of, you know, someone maybe has some health challenges. Maybe their family doesn't have a lot of longevity. So, so we do want to look at that and, and see if there is maybe a, a better option. Maybe it do, does make sense to claim earlier and maybe retire earlier. If we look at the numbers, about two thirds of people collect social security, social security earlier than their full, full retirement age. Mm. Um, only about a third wait until that full, full retirement age or Uh, defer even past it to get an increased benefit. You know, really, I I think the the interesting question is, is why do people claim their Social
1: Security as soon as they can? I think it's more fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's money coming in, right? I mean, I I think that people are tempted by that. I think it's it's human nature. If I've got this amount of money that could be delivered to me every month and I could get it right now, a lot of people just can't can't wait right i mean we we started with microwaves and that was a pretty quick meal now it's even faster than that air fryers are fantastic by the way but it's it really is you know we want it now uh and so Mm -hmm. holding off i think is is tough for a lot of people correct correct and and really i think once
2: especially as americans once once we uh we, we have something available to us, we want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's a number of people who, who really don't have a choice. You know, Maybe they've lost a job or are unable to work uh, at, at their given profession and need to collect Social Security early. And they don't have an option to continue deferring. But for, for a lot of people, I think there's probably some wisdom in deferring past full retirement age or at least until you reach full retirement age, especially if you're continuing to work.
1: Yeah. And it, can you verify something for me? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this because I'm pretty sure I learned it from you already. But it, it's not just how many years you defer it. It's it increases every month you defer it. Is that correct? That's correct. That
2: that is correct. So it, it your 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 beginning uh, starting point goes up by a small percentage each and every month that you're deferring. So, yeah. you know, let's let's just talk about that cost of collecting early. Um, you know, if your full retirement age is uh, age sixty seven you know you, that is really considered a hundred percent of your benefit. So if you retire right at sixty seven you're getting a hundred percent of your benefit. Mm-hmm. Now, if we look back and say, well, what happens if you you just claim social security at sixty two just to, to get the earliest you're actually taking a thirty percent reduction on your, your your future income well by doing that. So if you would have gotten $2,000 a month, if you would have waited until age 67, that now drops down to $1,400 a month because you took it at age 62. Mm -hmm. So that is going to go up every single month that you continue to defer. So if you can wait, there's always that benefit and it goes up about five to seven percent each year uh,
1: that you do keep deferring. Yeah, no, that's 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 great. And I know everybody, everybody's circumstances, it, it's it's an all individual, but I know that that's what you help your clients do. So what can people do to maybe stretch that out a little bit? You know, with good planning, obviously, that—that that, I think that would be your first answer. But, you know, when, when people are looking at this saying, you know, I, I'd love to be able to postpone it six, eight months. If I possibly could, I'll postpone it an entire year so I get a, an extra 8%. Um, but what are some things that they can do to, to postpone uh, and, and raise the amount that they're going to be getting from Social Security?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the number one thing they can do is start planning early. If we can start getting someone's financial house in order, maybe get the house paid off, mm-hmm. maybe have a lot of money set aside in you know, after-tax accounts or retirement accounts that maybe you will live off of those accounts for a few years and let that Social Security to defer, uh, that can be extremely beneficial down the road. So uh, there's a number of different things that can be done. It all comes down to the individual situation and most importantly, how much time do we have to plan for that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and I know it's very interesting because in, in our family, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are very in a different situation. Father-in-law worked for the government so that he did not put into Social Security. And mm-hmm. my mother-in-law raised the kids and she does have her 40 quarters, like you were talking about her 10 years worth. But she was a substitute for a school. She did little jobs here and there. So she accumulated what she needed to to draw Social Security, but it was it's a very small amount and -hmm. because it's such a small amount when we did the math on it, there was really no reason not to take it earlier because the amount of money she was receiving, it wouldn't have made a huge difference if she had waited three or four years, you know, to to draw it um, it, over the lifetime of when she's going to take Social Security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's all numbers game and and thank God I'm with you because you're the numbers guy. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It, you know, I think, I think it really just comes down to knowing your situation and knowing what you have available to you, yep. you know, and sometimes you might have a pension uh, if you are a state or, or a federal employee that makes it really easy to defer social security out as long as possible. So mm-hmm. this is just kind of part and parcel of what we do with our clients as we build out financial plans of helping them understand what their options are. The, the, the other thing I can't stress enough. And kind of my my actually I'll be honest, my biggest fear is that we are completely and totally miscalculating future longevity. Mm, mm, that's a good point. So right now, if you look at life expectancy for someone who is who has reached the age of sixty five, a healthy sixty five year old female has a fifty percent chance of living until age eighty nine. So twenty four wow. years in retirement, yeah, and that same woman has a twenty five percent chance of living to ninety six. So those numbers have just continued to creep up. Uh, if we look at a couple age sixty five, so we're looking at two people at this point. One person in that couple ha- couple has a fifty percent chance of living to ninety three. Mm. And one person in that couple has a 25% chance of living to 98. Wow. So my fear is, is that with all the medical advances we have seen and continue to see what happens if instead of most people dying before the age of 100 in 20 years, what if most people are living to 105 or 110? Mm -hmm. Have we done the proper planning in place there and did people make the right social security decision 30 years in the past
1: to yeah. get the most out of that program? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And that kind of comes full circle with part of the report that you were talking about that Medicare is, you know, doing OK. <laughs> but at the same time, now I think about that advances in healthcare. I mean, that's that's a lot of healthcare that people are going to need to live that long. And it's not mm-hmm. like the new advances are cheaper than the old ones.
2: Right. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> man. you know, it, it would be nice if it was
2: just you know take more vitamin C and vitamin D in your gut. <laughs> <Yes>. you know,
1: <laughs> there is that group out there. I don't know how well they're doing, but yeah, I'm sure there is a group out right. there that. They're probably doing that. pretty good. I mean, probably, they're, they're, they're probably, they're probably than I am right doing now, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh man, but, um, what else do we need to know? What else does the audience need to know specifically on this topic today, Royal? Yeah, so let's let's just talk about this trust fund running out, and what mm-hmm.
2: happens if Congress just doesn't do anything. So, what will end up happening? And this is this is kind of our best guess, and, and some of the guidance we've received from the Treasury and uh, the Social Security Department. Should this happen, is when that runs out. When they are estimating that they are going to be getting about seventy to eighty percent. Of the Social Security benefits they're paying out, will will still be coming in through payroll deductions. So we go back to that six point two percent that you're paying in as a W two employee, plus the six point two percent your employer's putting in. Mm-hmm. So the estimate is is that it's not that Social Security is going to stop working. Remember, they have to keep uh, offering this as a future entitlement to continue taxing people's. Uh, paychecks. So mm-hmm. social security is not going to go away. It's just going to look a little bit different. So when we hit that, that crisis point where there's no more money in the, in the trust fund and Congress, you know, has decided not to do anything about it. At that point, we're probably looking at a 20 to 30% reduction in social security benefits. So it's not the end of the world mm. for someone who isn't relying a hundred percent on social security, but. Yeah, it is definitely catastrophic for someone who's getting the vast majority of their income from Social Security and just getting by. So once again, coming back to the whole idea of we've got to start planning as early as possible to take care of some of these things that we have coming uh, in the future, longevity the viability of keeping social security where it is and all the other factors that are going to come up as we we live in this, this brave new world we've created for ourselves.
1: Yeah. Quick question on that. Do you know if that is something that would hit every person who is currently taking social security or would that, did they say anything about it being from this point on anybody who claims social security is going to have that reduction or would they actually reduce everybody who is currently on it? Uh, they would have to reduce everyone's current benefits. Oh, man. that Okay. That's worse than I thought. <laughs> I mean, I, I laugh, but that's, I mean, can you I can't imagine all the people that would be used to that paycheck coming in and budgeting everything on that, the ones that are relying on that. Uh, Obviously, this is why planning is needed. And that's, you know, we're going to give some contact information here in a minute, Royal, so people can reach out to you and talk to you about this so they can do something about it ahead of time. But there will be millions of people that are relying on a steady paycheck from Social Security at a certain amount budgeted for their circumstances. And to have that cut by 20 to 30 percent. I don't know any household in America, or at least among my friends at this point, that could take it quick 20 to 30% pay cut and be okay with that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's tough. And That's if, tough. if you've done the proper planning, then it's just an adjustment on, on what we're sending out from your investments True. to make up that difference and, and keep things as even keel as possible. The other thing I, I, I don't want people leaving this podcast feeling like there is no hope there. There's absolutely hope there. There are viable fixes all along the way of things mm-hmm. that we can do to fix social security. The people who have control over Social Security, plain and simple, is Congress. Mm-hmm. Talk to your congressman or woman, write a letter, really make sure that they're aware that this is an issue that needs to be addressed, and it's motivating people's choices of who they vote for. Absolutely. You know, because that that's how we're going to get this to change. You know, but uh, from a kind of a personal standpoint and taking personal responsibility, the more planning we can do, the better off you're going to be. And if there isn't a cut to Social Security, well, then you're able to leave more to your family or charities of your choice and and kind of benefit and improve the world. So I don't think there's a downside for each individual to kind of look at their own life, figure out how we're
1: going to make that adjustment down the road uh, and put in the proper planning for the future. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that, people need to do proper planning. They need to reach out to you. What's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, visit my website at opfa.com or you can just call our office at
1: 541-772-1116. All right. Royal fantastic. I mean, it's it's a incredibly important issue. It's something that, again, you don't want ostrich syndrome where you just stick your head in the sand and think, oh, it's all going to work itself out. Um, we do have that personal responsibility, like you were saying, of, of taking the steps to secure our own future. And so I'm so appreciative of you putting out these educational podcasts to uh, you know, make the audience aware and making yourself available. So, again, Royal, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. And, and our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. This is why Royal does this. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show it directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planners Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not meant to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.